Hello, my name is Lara Henderson, and you are listening to The Space Between, a podcast that highlights emerging artists and interviews them once a year. In this episode, I talked to Paris, a 21-year-old street artist living in Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, July 8th, 2017 at AS220 Media Arts. We're always sharing ideas. We're like never, we never are hesitant to like give each other strong feedback that maybe that person may not like, but it's like feedback, you know? Paris is one of the founders of Unknown Studios, an artist collective in Providence, Rhode Island. In this episode, he'll also be talking about Field Day, an upcoming event he's been working on. Yeah, uh, I probably started making art um, probably like my sophomore year of high school. So I was just, um, yeah, started like making art. I just... I didn't really have anything else to do, you know? Just like being in my room, like probably every other kid that age, just like kind of just like trying to find themselves through like whatever it is that they're doing, you know, drawing, doodling, shooting pictures, sports, surfing the web. And then how did it grow from there? I think I just like, I didn't really have any goals, you know, so I wasn't really working towards anything. I was just working. So, yeah, it was just like that, you know? I wasn't, like, trying to be anything or, like, compete with anyone. I was just, like, doing it, like, not even telling anyone. Just, like, designing, putting artwork in the streets. And then people kind of just, like, called on. And then when did you connect up with, like, some of your main collaborators at Unknown Studios? Um, So I went to high school with my friend Nelson and we were always kind of like side by side working together but like as individual artists you know just like sharing ideas and just giving each other feedback so me and nelson just met like that and just always kind of like stayed connected and then i met uh tito um because i was like like just shooting a lot like i was doing photography a lot so i actually met tito he wanted me to take pictures of him so he like paid me x amount of money and i just we like met like that it was him and his little brother me and one of my friends i actually met tito through him and he was like my friend wants some pictures done and i was like sure you know i could use the money and then yeah we just met it was pretty cool he was pretty cool and then kind of just like stayed in contact a little bit and we just like started being really tight like later on you know so one of the things that impresses me about unknown studios is just like how together the unit there's so much strength because you guys can play off each other's skills and do you want to talk a little bit about like what it's like to be part of an artist collective that's kind of all setting goals together and like working on stuff together um yeah i think we're so we're we we do what we do and we we are where we are because we're just we keep a lot of like communication you know like within the group we're like always like even if we're not like talking about like creating we're just talking and you know we're just staying 
updated we're, with each other and um, we're always sharing ideas and um, we're like never we never are hesitant to like give each other strong feedback that maybe that person may not like but it's like feedback you know so I think that's very important that we're honest with each other um and we're always pushing each other you know I'm always pushing them they're always pushing me and we're just that's like good you know to have someone just like wanting you to just like level up you know you have to you have to like grow in order to like you know just grow as an artist and a person you know yeah so one of the things that has impressed me most about seeing like how you work as a curator and um kind of a like a connector of people is that it just feels very open like anyone can apply for the art shows that you have and I know you work a lot with like young emerging artists or like people that are kind of just doing their first um, show. So what advice do you have for people that are just getting started in their art practice? Just do it. Really, there's no other thing to do, you know. It's like you just have to do it. Yeah, I feel even like do it and especially like do it yourself, DIY, you know, because you can't depend on other people and you can't like it's just more it's more organic and it's more pure when you actually do it yourself like painting or screen printing or making music you know it's more or like it's more original it's more or authentic um so what if someone's kind of like lacking that initial courage or that initial spark that's cool it's just like just keep trying you know just keep doing it like like you know Picasso didn't just become Picasso like overnight you know like he had to like practice and not just him but everyone you know me yourself people on the tv people like the billboards like whatever you know you just gotta do it it takes time it's like it may take a day may take a year may take 10 years you know but it'll happen when it's supposed to happen I guess you know oh definitely um so you're working on a really large event right now that's uh, at the end of July, July 29th on Washington Street in Providence, Rhode Island, called PVD Field Day. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that event and what people can expect to see that attend? Um, yeah, I feel like what inspired me to like do the event was just like the lack, the lack of events like that that are just like very open and um you know aren't like so demanding of things like money or like restrictions you can like only show this or only show that only size of this or like so i feel like i just wanted to like create something that was very like organic and like comfortable for like all people all ages and um yeah i just felt like not only i needed that for my own art like you know going trying to find a gallery that's like gonna work with you and um really just have the type of vibe you're trying to go for you know so i was just like i'm just doing it myself you know diy and just make my own gallery so that's pretty much what i did i just found the cheapest spot i could you know i found a spot um called the works it was like a 100 bucks you know you can't i was like what so i did that and then i just like didn't want to like 
just have it be about me, you know, there's, there's like a, a bigger picture in Providence. So I was just like, I'm gonna invite everyone I know that makes art. That's exactly what I did. And that's exactly what I'm doing now for this one. I just like send an invite to like everyone that I knew, people I didn't know. And like, I told those people I invited to invite people that they knew, you know, so we could have a very large showcase of like, kind of just to like show Providence's like youth, you know, and like showcase them, give them like a highlight because, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities out here for young people to like show their art. Um, and yeah, and like, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like just the, like how many artists are showing, how much music is going to be there, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have to do a count, but there's, I know there's a uh, hundred artists signed up there's probably like 60-ish artists actually showing work or selling, like just being a part of the event. So yeah, this is probably like the largest show I've, thing, the largest thing I've been a part of, you know. Um, the last one had like 30, like 30 and change artists showing, selling work. This one's just like double, so that's cool, you know. And then what about the music, the music component? Yeah, there's, um, so aside from, like, people showing artwork, there's, uh, there's people showing, selling art, there's tables, there's, uh, table vendors, there's performances, there's DJs, um, so just, like, I sent out an invite for, uh, artists to, uh, show work, I sent out an invite to local DJs and local performers and was like, hey, you guys wanna, um, perform at this thing I'm having? And there were, you know, some people were up for it, some people weren't. And, um, yeah, so I just kind of, like, I did the most I could with what I had, you know. So that's pretty much, like, what I always do. And who are some of the performers? Um, Spaka Summer, who also is a curator and artist. Um, Iris Creamer, who just dropped the album, like, two days ago. So she'll probably be performing some stuff off her Denim EP. Um, a friend of mine, Stizo Hundun, he's a up-and-coming rapper. He's really cool, makes really cool music. So I'm excited. This will be his first show, I'm pretty sure. Um, Floor 3, which is a upcoming band from Providence. They make really, really good music. And Hairspray Queen. Another really, really good band. That's an amazing lineup. Yeah. And then a bunch of DJs, Comfort Club, uh, DJ Lost, DJ Cathawk, and two Young Sleepy God, a good friend of mine. And I think that's it. And what's the Oh, and DJ Selector and Nudie. And the time is uh, July 29th. Four to ten Washington Street, yeah. It's a block, three block, it's a three block like party gallery. Yeah, it's cool. It's gonna be cool. Should be cool. What do you think is next for Field Day? Like, I know that's a concept you want to kind of keep going. So, where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily just like, like this, what's happening now is like a gallery show, but that's not just what it is. It's just like, it's just an idea. It's just the idea of like a community gallery, like whether it's PVD Field Day or like this or that, it's just like 
an idea that I have that I hope like other people will like kind of bring like build off of that and create their own PVD field day. So like I may not do another PVD field day. I might or like in a different form, a different shape, you know, showcasing maybe something other than just art on a wall. Like it could be like just a visual show, you know, projectors. Like it could be anything. It's just like an idea I had probably like. I think that's something that kind of defines you as an artist too, that like you're willing to take a step and know that like it might not be perfect, but then like just kind of do the next step and do the next step and just be open to like whatever form it takes. And I feel like you apply that to your visual art making as well, you know, just like kind of like layers and stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit about your own personal art and like the brand you're building? And Yeah, um... I think, like, kind of like how, yeah, I'm not really too sure, like, kind of like how I've been saying, I'm just, like, creating, like, I still feel like I'm just in that creating phase, like, I still don't really have, I have, like, small goals, you know, like, short-term goals, but I don't really have, like, an end, an end goal, like, before I die, I want to be this, or, like, accomplish this, or, like, kind of, yeah, accomplish, but, like, I'm just, like, free-form creating, like, you know, like today I could be printing T-shirts. Tomorrow I could be doing a photo shoot. The day after I could be curating a show at 186 Carpenters. So it's like I'm just like creating, you know. So and I feel like even with my artwork, like sometimes I go in with like premeditated like ideas and stuff. But like it's really just like free form, you know. I'm just like painting. So you kind of just let each day come as it comes decide what you make kind of i mean yeah i mean i always have like a to-do list or like things that i gotta get done for the show or for this or that but like that's kind of like i'm always like working like i'll have like two browsers like i'll have like this that i'm working on and this just like you know just like sketching and like coming up with like fresh stuff what's nourishing you <laughs> yeah. um so in all this and all the things that you do uh how do you make time for yourself and like make sure you're recharging your batteries between projects i think because my schedule is very like me and like i pretty much choose when and where i want to do things like i can like just close my laptop and just like sit back you know like so but it's always good to kind of just like um kind of have like a schedule you know like you know um but i don't know Kind of like we, like I mentioned to you one time, like my life is art. Like I'm just like 24-7 artist. So it's like there's not really a schedule, but it's just like knowing yourself and knowing your body and knowing your limitations really and just like, all right, let me just like, I feel very tired. Let me just sit back and like, you know, take a few hours for myself and just relax, watch some TV or whatever. So it's just like knowing your limitations and like when you should just like, park and just like chill for a bit mm -hmm. um so i think one of the things about art making and like really putting yourself out there and in ways that um could feel like nerve-wracking at times i think like one of the things about being an artist is that there is this tendency that you feel alone sometimes because you're just like in your practice so heavily and um, I guess, do you feel that about yourself? And if so, like, how do you work around that <laughs> or work with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that a lot of times. And I feel like that's 
having like being so into my work has definitely affected like like relationships and friendships but like um i don't know what what was the question again just like how do i deal with it i think just um like always never like let it be a negative thing you know i mean like if you're doing your work like do your work but always try to like be mindful of the people around you because like sometimes you just get lost and like your lap like whatever it is you, you get lost in your work and you kind of forget about the people around you and sometimes yeah it's just kind of like you get too deep in this art world <laughs> and it's hard to like come back out of it but i don't know um yeah just kind of like keeping a balance and like yeah don't get too so i know you've told me before that you appreciate more analog practices so like going to the library writing in sketchbooks stuff like that because the internet is kind of maybe filled with like false idols or fake information and so you want to talk a little bit about that yeah um yeah i mean false idols just like a lot of stuff you know the internet's just filled with so much like garbage sometimes it's like yeah so i try to just like keep a balance and just try to stay more on like i'm trying to at least get more into like just going to the library and just like going through books or like just like talking to people and actually getting like factual information you know instead of like wikipedia that's like edible you know and you can like switch it up and see like weird stuff on wikipedia you're like what but i don't know i'm just like yeah and just like not even just like facts or information but just trying to stay away from like social media and just like weird stuff i'm trying to just like not really be like a a banksy or a quote banksy but like kind of just trying to like have a more i want people to know me more like to word of mouth rather than like Instagram. I just feel like it's more impactful and like more memorable. Just like people seeing my work in real life rather than they like see it like on Instagram, like in their feed, you know, it just like hits you way harder. Like, Is that one of the main reasons that you've done a lot of street art in your career? Yeah, I feel like street art was like my first thing just because kind of like you know, I was just creating. I didn't really want to, like, put it out there so much. Or, like, I was afraid of, like, the feedback I could have gotten. Or, like, I just, like, wasn't... I didn't, like, have too many people around to show or whatever. So I just kind of, like, just threw it up in the streets. Just, like, you know, I just put it up. Whoever seen it, seen it. People didn't like it. They couldn't tell me. They just had to, like, you know, just deal with it. So it was just, like... A pretty easy and just like if you didn't get caught non-consequential like way to just like put some art artwork up so and it was just awesome seeing like the people like what people would do to put their artwork in this one spot it's just like it's pretty amazing you know it's like sometimes it's not even what people put but it's like where and how they put it up that's just like amazing you know like some people like climb bridges some people like climb i've scaled buildings so it's like yeah it's it's like it's awesome i love street art it's so pure i remember somewhere we were recently you saw a lonely 
one off in the distance and you were really impressed by the location of it yeah lonely's awesome I, i was actually just talking to lonely today um but yeah lonely was awesome he like was really just like authentic he didn't really like think about it too much he just had it like in in him he just like needed to get it out you know so it was like awesome just like meeting someone like that that wasn't like so into this like just doing it to like get some likes and followers like he was just doing it out of just like the craft you know and like the the love of it so it was like awesome like meeting him and like sharing a few experiences together it was cool it was tight so I was super excited to see it still up too, you know, because Lonely, Lonely was a graph artist in Providence um, like a few years ago, and he had gotten busted for some stuff. So uh, he took it pretty hard. So like, it's awesome just seeing his artwork every once in a while and just like, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. And I know you mentioned one of the things about Lonely is that that experience like took a lot like getting caught and all this stuff like took a lot out of them and that they don't make art as much anymore yeah i mean they're just like focused it was like a pretty heavy financial hit for him because like damages to like property and stuff so like that would that does damage to a lot of people you know like having to pay whatever x amount and it's like what i can't how am i supposed to pay that in this amount of time I'm like, whatever, in this situation, I'm dealing with these things already. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it took a toll on him and he took it how he took it. But I'm glad he's like, he's staying busy. He's doing some like, I forgot, he said like computer, web, something like web, probably like making sites or something. And that's like pretty cool, you know? So I was just like sick. I was like, that's sweet, cool. I loved seeing all of them around town. It was really activating and it's been nice to get to know a little bit more of the backstory from you too um should we ask like a couple more questions so actually let's talk switch gears and talk about as220 a little bit so the way that um, paris and i met each other is through a space downtown in providence called the as220 industries which has a print shop a digital fabrication lab and a media arts program um, so do you want to just talk a little bit about how you got involved and what resources you use here? Yeah, um, I think I got involved with ASU 20 when I was still in high school. Probably like, I was probably like a junior or something. But yeah, regardless, I had just like came in to the print shop. I forgot. I don't know if I just came in on my own. I think I might have came in with Josh one time. I think Josh had an intern shipping the print shop. And he was like, yo, you should just check this spot out. I remember just going, and then I think, like, the first day I had went, I met Fernando, and maybe he was with, like, Nick Carter, maybe in, like, a Nick Carter class or something, like a youth class. But he ended up seeing uh, something I wanted, like, my acetate. I was asking, like, a question to someone, and he seen this acetate, and I had a design because I was, uh, I had, like, a, a brand in uh, high school called, like, Couture. And, um, yeah, so it was, like, some people knew about it. So he happened to, like, know about it and really like it. So when he seen it, he was like, oh, you're such and such, and you do this. And I was like, yeah. So we had met, and it was a pretty cool connection. And um, so I was at the print shop in AS220 Industries because it's, like, different different buildings, different programs. So I was at the print shop. 
and I met him, and that's pretty much where I'm always at. It's just like the print shop, because that's like pretty much the main resource I use here is just printing tees, prints, flyers, whatever, you know, just printing. Do you have advice for people that maybe like know of the ASU20 Industries and are like thinking of membership? Yeah, I mean, the print shop is a pretty sweet, everyone here is pretty sweet. It's pretty affordable. As far as I'm concerned, it's like one of the most, if not the most affordable, like art program, community program or something. So it's like 40 bucks a month. You get like a lot of time in the shop, a lot of like sort resources. So yeah, I mean, if you're like trying to print and you can't do it on your own at home, you don't have like a screen or you don't have this or that, a light table or whatever, grab as much as you can and just come down to the print shop and uh, talk to some people, get some stuff done. So as an emerging artist, what do you think are the most important resources that you need access to right now? Um, myself, I think I just need like a paper and a pencil and I'll just like be good. I'll figure it out from there, you know? <laughs> That's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and answering some of these questions. Do you have anything yeah, else you want to say that you didn't get to say? Um, No, just come by July 29th. Yeah, check out the show. Cool. Thanks so much, Paris. Cool. Bye. Music for this episode was created by Tristan Rodman, and special thanks to Chris Anderson for showing me how to use all this equipment.